The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corellis, and you are listening to Pod to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 17 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod, a chat talking dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 17 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Pada Chat Talking Dance. I hope that the month of January has been good to you. <laughs> if I sound like I'm talking a little bit quiet, it is because <laughs> you're all going to think I'm completely nuts, but it is 1221 in the morning. Um, so yeah, I guess I should probably explain to you why I'm podcasting on Wednesday night, Thursday morning after midnight. Um, so if you remember back a month ago, I'd mentioned that I'm not going to be podcasting for the month of February and I was always planning on Friday this week, which will be what? I guess it'll be February 1st. It'll be my last podcast for a month. I'd take the month of February off to focus on my company debut. Well, I, <laughs> I have so many things that I'm doing that I just couldn't find the time to record an episode before I went to rehearsal today. Um, so I wanted to make sure I got you something. Um, so yeah, so it's 12:21, and I, I we have neighbors, and I'm sure that it's not that bad. But I don't want to scream loudly talking into my my device recording this episode. So if I sound a little quiet, it's not because I'm sick um, or sad. It's just that I'm trying to be conscientious of other people uh, after midnight. Even though it is New York, I can hear the subway going by right now. So yeah, um, let's go. I, I won't be podcasting until, uh, I don't know if it'll be the last week of February or the first week of March, but I will be taking a break from podcasting over the next few weeks as I focus on the Movement Headquarters Ballet Company, company debut. Um, if you are new to Pod Chat, I am starting a new ballet company and we are launching at the Albanelli City Group Theater on Sunday, February 16th. There's a 2 p.m. show and a 7 p.m. show. Um, we've already sold over 100 tickets, and there's a lot of excitement. I, we actually today were just featured in a huge article in Dance Informa. You can go on danceinforma.com and, and find that article. It's about move, just type in movement headquarters if it's not on the front page anymore. Um, but I was interviewed about 
why we're starting the company about I started a hashtag called bring ballet back and that's really our, our slogan for our debut um, and I, I talk a lot in the article about how I I feel that smaller local ballet based companies have sort of been left behind they haven't got a lot of support or opportunities where uh, other artists and uh, companies with big New York City ties, whether that's a, a major ballet company or other more established organizations are getting opportunities. So um, yeah, I, I was very straightforward and honest about why I'm doing what I'm doing, what I've noticed that is happening and um, all that jazz. So you should check that out. Uh, but yeah, we started rehearsals on Monday this week with uh, we have three weeks of rehearsal all together to get everything together about 90 hours of rehearsal to put 80 minutes of choreography together and I'm just so pleased with what we've been able to do so far it's just it's so exciting and I feel so much support coming from so many different places whether it's my dancers whether it's my family and my husband and um, my I have volunteers and my colleagues and peers and I, I'm just very grateful so hopefully we'll be able to put on a great show for you come it's uh, February 16th, um, Valentine's Day weekend, President's Day weekend. Um, and if, you're, if, if you find yourself in New York City that weekend, uh, you can get tickets. You can either get them at www.movementhqballet.org. Again, that's www.movementhqballet.org, Movement Headquarters. Um, or you can call 877-895-3378. Other than that, there's just a few things going on over the next month while I will be away from Pod to Chat Talking Dance. Um, starting on the 17th of February, my schedule at Broadway Dance Center will be changing. I, I will still have my Monday ba- beginner ballet class at 1.30, and I will still have my basic ballet class on Fridays at 7.30. Uh, but I will be removing the, the 4.30 p.m. advanced beginner ballet classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we'll be shifting that level over to Friday at 1.30 in the afternoon. So if you want to come take class with me, I still have many options. Uh, you can always drop by Broadway Dance Center and take one class, five class, five classes, 20 classes. Um, other than that, I'll be judging at Youth America Grand Prix at the end of the month, and that will be in Denver, Colorado. And then I also just found out I am going to be teaching at the Sitka Fine Arts Camp in Alaska. So I'm very excited to go back to Alaska and to get to experience a different part of the, the this huge, huge state. I'll be going there to teach at their summer camp, and then I will also in August be going to Emerald Ballet Theater in Bellevue, Washington. So I'll be heading back to the Pacific Northwest. It's been many years since I've been there. I'm really excited to go back and to to work with the school and to see some old friends and all of that. Uh, I am talking to one or two different schools about coming out for their summer intensives beyond these two we haven't solidified anything yet um but if you are interested in having me come out to teach uh ballet contemporary or to give private lessons or to create choreography uh, you can always reach out to me via direct message or private message on instagram and facebook or you can go to www.barrycorollis.com and send me a message there Cool. Okay. That's my intro. Let's get this on. Uh, I'm hoping that I know that 
some of you really like my long podcast and some of you stopped listening. Not some of you because you're listening now, but some people stopped listening when I started doing the longer format podcasts. Um, but I'm hoping to keep this one a little bit briefer because it's, it's now 1227 and I still have things to do after I record this podcast. Yeah, I have like seven things to do after this. I think I'm going to bed very late tonight. All right. So the idea for this podcast was actually given to me by one of my Broadway Dance Center Pro Semester alums, um, and her name is Amanda Sherwin, and she worked with me last year, and uh, we we talked a lot, and she was telling me that, that she was a writer, and long story short, she ended up applying for a job at Dance Spirit and getting the job, so it's been really cool to see her work as a dancer, but also to see her, uh, work intellectually in this way where she's now, now writing for dance spirit. Um, and she's also starting to book regional theater. I believe she was in Reno doing a, a holiday production this pack past, uh, December. So it's just been really cool to watch her grow, uh, from right, right at the beginning of her career. Um, but yeah, so she was taking my class last week and she came up to me with a big smile on her face as she usually does, uh, after class. And she was like, I have an idea for your podcast. She's like, you should do barryisms. So, uh, I stopped. And I was like, that is a great idea. So that's what I'm going to do today. Apparently I had to really, I had to think really hard about different things that I say in class commonly um, because honestly, I don't, I respond and I react to who's in class and what's happening in real time. So I don't always think about the things that are coming out of my mouth. And I, I, I realize that there are certain things that I repeat. And like, sometimes I'll tell my students, I'll be like, I know some of you have heard this a million times, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Um, but I guess there are things that I reference a lot or that I say again and again. And, um, I didn't know this until back in 2014 when I was the interim director of Alaska Dance Theater in Anchorage. Um, my, the last day of, of classes, one of my students handed me a printout that all the students had put together and it was, it says barryisms at the top <clears throat> and they listed like all of the things that I say. And I had no idea that half of these things came out of my mouth. And when I read it, I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. And I actually still have it. It's hanging up in my room. Um, and it's interesting because I still use some of them, but a lot of them have evolved. Uh, so yeah, I was thinking I would share with you a list of 10 barryisms that if you were to ever take class from me, um, you might hear, or if you don't ever have the opportunity to take class with me, maybe these can help you, or maybe it'll give you, maybe they'll help you with your technique, or maybe it'll just like give you a little giggle, or they might even have you just scratching your head. Sometimes I say things in class and I'll look around and everybody is just like, mm -hmm, okay, moving on. So yeah. Okay. The first one, don't lift your leg, reach your leg so far that it has to come off the floor. So the premise behind this is I used to have really thick muscles on my legs. Um, a lot of times people will be like, no, that's not true. You're probably just really like in your head. Body dysmorphia or like everybody thinks that they have this thing. No, I had really, really thick legs to the point where when I auditioned for the School of American Ballet, and I've talked about this in, in a long past episode, um, they rejected me. And when I asked them for notes, they said that I had extremely large quadriceps. 
<laughs> so truth. Anyway, so I I remember the first time that somebody really mentioned this concept to me. It was I think her name was Laura Hausman. I was being mentored by Bob Rizzo and she was teaching at the the in the ballet program at New York University and she was trying to explain to me but I didn't really understand it. It was the first time that I really started to to get it was um working with Katrina Killian uh and then at one point, Darla Hoover came into the studio when I was at the School of American Ballet. And it was that idea that you shouldn't really be just squeezing your legs tight. In, in reality, you should be locking your hips in place and then imagining that somebody's pulling your big toe away from you, but you're not letting your hips go with that pull feeling. Um, now, if you don't have somebody else to pull your leg, obviously you're going to have to do it on your own. So what I do is I usually try to find a line in the Marley, like even if it's the tape and I stand too far away from it so that if I point my leg in front of me or also calling or an arabesque behind me that I can't touch the tape. And then without moving my hips, keeping my hips stable, I reach my toe as far as I can trying to touch the tape. And then when I can't touch the tape, I reach my toe and try to get my shadow over top of the tape. And I, when I first did it, I started at like Tondu to 45. And then over time, we went Tondu to 45 to 90. Um, then the bigger challenge was when it came from a Devilope or Pas de Cheval or Fondue or something from a Bentney to still have that f- sense of reaching. So uh, yeah, don't lift your leg, reach your leg so far that it has to come off the floor. That's the first barrierism. <clears throat> completely changed how my legs looked, completely changed how my body works. And in reality, it's I, I love the concept that like gravity pulls everything down so if you're reaching your energy like away from your body it's going sideways and you're more likely to your legs are more likely to feel light because all of your energy is going out and sideways as opposed to down towards the floor because that that's when your legs really feel heavy all right that's number one Number two, uh, my job is to make you fail. (laughs) This works with most people because they've taken my class enough that they know that I don't want them to like seriously fail. Um, Every once in a while, I'll have a new student in class, especially like an open class where you have students just constantly dropping in. Sometimes you see them every, every class. Sometimes you see them every few weeks. Sometimes you see them like every few months. Sometimes you've never seen them before. And then they never come take your class again. But yeah, my job is to make you fail. Um, I I didn't really get understand this concept. I mean, I, I think I was doing it, but I didn't completely understand the concept until I interviewed Victoria. Who was it? Victoria Schneider. Um, was it Victoria Schneider? No, I don't think that she did it. Um, who did I interview for Vaganova? So if you think, if you look back to, I think it was January two thousand seventeen. I did a. Um, like ballet techniques uncovered. It was a two part episode. And I discussed, I I interviewed a handful of people that are very in the know on different cell and different, uh, methodologies, methodologies of ballet training, the Ganovichetti Balanchine technique, um, born all Cuban style, all those things. Um, but the Vaganova teacher, they expressed, I feel like it was Victoria Schneider. This tells you how late and tired, how late it is and how tired I am. But um, they mentioned that essentially 
the combinations are supposed to be impossible. And I, I really connected with that because as a teacher, it's almost a sense like if I give you a combination for you to succeed, I'm not really doing my job. My job is to give you combinations that are not so hard that you're dying or getting injured, but they're challenging enough that you're going to fail and you're going to have to problem solve and you're going to have to fix things. And that way, when you get on stage with easier choreography, it feels that much easier to perform and you're that much more likely to succeed. So I don't give students combinations so that they feel good. Like that's not my job. I don't give combinations so that uh, it's simple or easy to remember. I give combinations at, so like in a basic level, I'm going to give combinations at a basic level, but they're going to be challenging. And the expectation is not that you're going to be able to do it perfectly. If you're doing it perfectly, you shouldn't be in that level. You should be in the next level trying to do it. And if you do something and you succeed at it, I'm going to go great job. And then I'm going to give you a harder combination next time. So I'm not going to give you the same level combination. If you're able to execute it, I'm going to push you forward so that you can do better. You can get stronger. You can have more stamina, get your legs higher, you have more flexibility, do more turns, jump a little higher, all that stuff. So it's my job to make you fail. Oh, this one's a, I like this one. Look down, fall down. Um, I, <laughs> Initially, this one started in Alaska, um, but it was different because I always like to play with the communities um, that I'm in if I know enough about them. And in Anchorage, when I lived there, there was a, a pizza commercial and they somebody would call in on the radio and they'd be like, I'd like to order this pizza and here's the coupon. And they'd be like, oh, sir, ma'am, uh, we don't take this coupon in Alaska and they go, but we're a part of the United States. <laughs> but a lot of coupons actually say excluding Alaska and Hawaii. <clears throat> so uh, my my joke with them was always like, you don't have to look down. You are a part of the United States, I swear. Um, I can hear you all laughing right now, I'm sure. But I mean, it's like play to your audience. You probably don't think it's funny at all. But so yeah, um, I, once I moved from Alaska, I started to just say, look down, fall down. Um, it's almost the idea. I always tell people, if you were to go to the Grand Canyon, would you go all the way up to the ledge, like tippy toes to the ledge and look straight down? You wouldn't because the tendency for human beings is when our eyes fall forward that our body starts to fall forward. And if you're on the ledge, you would run the risk of falling into the Grand Canyon. So it's the same idea if you're trying to balance or if you're trying to do a pirouette and your gaze comes lower than straight forward, you are that much more likely to fall, especially the further your gaze goes down. So look down, fall down. All right, another one. I say this all the time. I don't care if it's an open class or tuition-based program, but dance together as a class. I expect my students to come into a class and to work together. Um, I know that ballet feels like a very individual thing where you're working on yourself. Um, But if you look at the greatest ballet schools in the, the world, you have the Paris Opera Ballet School, you have the Vaganova Academy, you have uh, the Royal the Royal Ballets, uh, what is the, what's their program? It's like the white, again, tired brain. I'll let you know in another podcast, but yeah, so, um, 
the if you look at videos of their schools all the students are dancing completely together and then i get i get people coming into my open classes or i go out to teach a master class i'm like why is why are people doing their own thing like everybody should i yes i know that maybe bodies are different like heights are different um especially in open class styles are different but that doesn't mean that you can't look around the room and make sure that you're all doing a demi plie with the arm moving at the exact same time or that your legs are all coming in and out at the exact same time how do you dance in a core if you don't know how to dance with everybody around you? So uh, dance together as a class at all times. You should be trying to work together, even if you don't know anybody and you're only in the class for one class. Uh, integral, in my opinion. All right. <clears throat> Next one, get your knee into your armpit. This one's evolved over the years. There are so many different things. Um, a, a, a straight leg is a heavy leg, so it's harder to lift your leg when it's straight. Um, so if you devil a pay and then you straighten your leg at, at 90 and then try to lift your leg, it's going to be a lot harder to get your leg up. If you devil a pay and you get your knee as high as you can, like you're trying to stick your patella into your, your armpit, um, again, it depends on what your facility is, but most dancers will get their knee so high and if they're training their leg will drop um but it, the height of your knee is actually the maximum possibility for your extension because you aren't yet going into your uh hamstring flexibility or your quadricep and hip uh your hip strength or anything like that so you get the knee all the way up and then if it drops, that tells you you have to work either on your flexibility or your strength. Um, but if you get your knee all the way up, and obviously I'm not talking about the, the placement of the other hip right now, but just know that that would be an, a part of the conversation if you were in my class. That if you get the knee all the way up and just straightening the knee, the leg should go directly out from there. So it's a nice gauge, especially for younger students to see like what their potential is. I, I see too much that the kids just put their knee at 90 degrees, stretch their knee and then try to lift the leg from there. <clears throat> it's a lot harder to do it that way if you're doing a devil a pet. All right. So get your knee into your armpit. This is one of my favorite things to do. I, I don't do it too frequently um, because it takes up time. But I, I usually carry a dance magazine or a point magazine in my book bag that I travel around the city with. And um, if I've like really had it, I will go into my book bag and I will pull out a dance, the dance magazine or whatever magazine I have. Um, and I, I will hold it up and I'll be like, look at every ballet ad and article in the magazine. And I'll pretty much like look at each one point and I'll just show my cheek, like move my head. I, and I'll show like that, the port de bras. So I just don't understand. I constantly see dancers come into my class and they have no understanding of port de bras or they do and they don't use it. Um, but if you look in all of the articles and ads for, for these major periodicals, everybody in the photographs has like extreme a Paul mall. Um, so yeah, I'm always telling people, look at every every ad in, in these magazines and every article because uh, I don't understand. And I'll say like, why aren't you doing your A-Palm Mall from the beginning of bar on? Um, the other day I told dancers that they, they looked like zombies doing, doing Adagio. Um, it's just that sense that I think a lot of people 
think that a time has passed for like extreme apomol, but it hasn't. Um, it usually, if you, my most popular podcast I ever did was, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was like 10 things that tell me the skill level of a dancer. And honestly, like I can pretty much tell a dancer's skill level based off of their apomol and demi and plies because usually apomol is focused on later. Um, because people are so interested in the legs and the legs and turns and jumps. So apomol is the last thing they do. So if they have really nice apomol, I'm almost assured that they're going to be a, a wonderful dancer, a technical, technically strong dancer. Um, and the other thing I've noticed is at the School of American Ballet, a lot of times the dancers are taught in balancing technique to keep the head forward. Um, but it's it's hilarious to me that they do that because then they get to center, they use their apomol so much and then they get to, uh, if they get to New York City Ballet, like they use their apomol more than probably any other company in the country, if not the world. <laughs> so uh, they bend more. I mean, a Russian, uh, what would you call that, Russophile? I don't know. Um, somebody who's really into Russian training, they might say, well, it's not done classily, but that's a different conversation. But um Use your apomol class, okay? And if you don't know what to do, look at every ballet ad and article in Dance Magazine. <clears throat> All right. Four more. Is that four? We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, four more. All, all of the work happens before pirouette starts. Um, constantly see people going into pirouette, like turning and trying to like go into the position as they're turning. Um really if you think about like holding a ball on a string if you start spinning around the ball's going to rise and pull away from you um the only reason that it doesn't fly away from you is because you're holding the other end of the string it's kind of like that with your limbs um if you don't get your body into one position to hold anything that is dangling off with whether it be fingers wrists elbows arms uh retire, toes, knees, all those things, they're going to want to pull away. It's almost like going to a carnival and going on the tilt-a-whirl or whatever the one thing is where you uh, it spins around and you don't have to have any safety harness because the centrifugal force just pulls you away and sticks you to the wall. <laughs> um, you want to really be in the position that you're turning in as soon as you prepare for the turn. Um Obviously, if it's like a turn that has something that changes, like a fuete turn, or if you're going from like an all second turn into a retire, it's a different story. Those are trickier. Um, those aren't taught until way, way later in your training because of how challenging it is to deal with the centrifugal force. So, yeah, all the work happens before pirouette starts. What else? Uh, who wants to dance as if nobody is watching? <laughs> um I hate that saying when people are like, dance as if nobody's watching, like don't care about anybody else. Um, just do what you're going to do. Um, I mean, that's a great idea, but for me, like I'm going to dance as if somebody's watching. I want people to watch me dance or I mean, that's how I've always approached it now that I'm retired. But yeah, uh, it's that idea. You need to be thinking about your performance. You need to be thinking about like, how you're connecting with your your audience and you have to want to excite them and it's i almost feel like if you're excited 
to excite them, like it'll show, it'll show in your, your movement. So that's one. The next, and the next one, the next barrierism actually kind of ties into it. Um, <laughs> I constantly turn to dancers. I say, I don't understand why you aren't dancing. I don't know exactly why. And this happens a lot at Broadway Dance Center, but I think because of, okay, so we have different open class schools in New York City and different crowds that go to them. And at Broadway Dance Center, we tend, we do get some professional ballet dancers, but uh, the, for the pre-professionals and the professionals that come into the ballet classes, most of them are just trying to strengthen their technique because they're auditioning for like Broadway shows, national tours, regional theater, um, commercial dance and things like that. And I feel like a lot of those dancers are almost a little bit stressed to be in ballet class. Like they feel like it's not for them, but they know that they should be there. Um, and that's another conversation that's not true. But uh, I constantly turn to those dancers because instead of dancing, they just technique. I say that they're techniquing. Um, and so I just look them in the face. and I'm like, I don't understand why you aren't dancing. It's like I see people constantly in all these other styles like showing personality and really enjoying the movement or getting into the movement or like hitting hard. And I know ballet isn't necessarily all those different things, but there is a, a feeling of enjoying the movement of ballet and you don't even have to smile to do that, but there's like a sense of like being fully immersed in your movement. And constantly I see dancers in my ballet classes that they're not dancing. They're just techniquing. They're just so focused on getting the technique right that they forget that the the most important part of it is to dance. And there's, I, I honestly think that there's very little way to enjoy a ballet class if you don't find that feeling of moving your body with the music and having a sense of inspiration by it. Um, I think that that's a really great way to think about like, approaching class because it's going to make you eager to be in class because you're gonna you're gonna want to do things that you enjoy more um than things that you're just doing because you feel like you should do them so make sure that when you go into class that you're dancing you don't have to give me like crazy grins <clears throat> i was in i was taking somebody's class and there was a, a a very young dancer a student not a professional yet and she, I mean, she was given life to class. It was too much. Um, but she was taking every little step at bar, like she was eating a piece of delicious chocolate cake. Um, and it was really cute to watch. And I wanted to go up to her and be like, hey, too much, too much. But I appreciate where you're coming from. So there is a middle ground, but uh, she could be just a little bit of inspiration for you to maybe amp it up just a little bit. All right. The last barrierism is, is that the hardest you've ever tried to jump? Um, I can't tell you how many times that I watch dancers and they're jumping, but they're not giving it their all. Um, and it's funny because 99% of the time when I ask dancers that, and I ask it constantly, they look at me and they're like, no, like they're not afraid to tell me and, and I'm cool with that. Like I, I appreciate and, and respect that, but they go, no. And I'm like, were you aware that it wasn't? And they were like, no. And then I'm like, well, then what are you doing? Every time jumping is hard. It's, it's extremely challenging. You're dealing with gravity. You're trying to get in the air. 
um, if you want to jump, you have to give it your everything. You can't just like kind of half-ass it. It's not going to work that way. I mean, you can, but you're not going to get much better. You're not going to get off the floor. You're not going to be able to really jump the way you're supposed to. So um, every dancer should be asking themselves when they're when they get to jumps in 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 a ballet class if they're actually working the hardest they can Um, because almost always the dancer says no so up your game people okay so that was 10 but i'm going to give you one more and this isn't quite a barrierism but one thing that i've had a lot lately um for my broadway and my musical theater people is that they they come into my class after they've worked on the Broadway show or a national tour and their contract is up and they're just like really in a down place because they feel like they have lost all their technique. So something for all of you people out there, all of you dancers that are aspiring to have a, a career in musical theater, the way that these jobs typically work is you work real, real hard. You're going to be taking lots of classes, working on your technique, and you're going to be doing tons of auditions and not getting through and then maybe getting callbacks and not getting the job and you're gonna work harder on your technique and harder and then you're gonna book the show then you book the show and what you don't realize is you say like i'm gonna still come to class i'm still gonna do everything i can to stay in shape you're gonna be exhausted because you're gonna be doing seven eight well really eight shows a week if you're on broadway and then every every other one it could be every day of the week it could be four days a week five days a week um, you're going to be exhausted. Really what you're going to be doing is just going to the theater and warming yourself up enough that you can do the show without injuring yourself, stay sane, all that. So know that when your contract is over, you're going to come back into class and you're going to exp- you're going to be disappointed that you're not where you were before you booked that show. Um, and this is the constant cycle of, of musical theater dancers. In a show, sorry, really in shape, get the show, get the contract, finish the contract, come back, realize how much you've lost technically because you've been focusing on doing the same show over and over and over again. Feel bad about yourself. Be not be, be unkind to yourself and slowly find your way back, get your technique back, get another show and go through that process over and over again. Um, it's not quite a barrierism yet, but I've been saying this in class a lot lately. Just be kind to yourself and understand that there are different cycles for different types of jobs. Ballet dancers, professional ballet dancers tend to try to take class constantly. Um, but even we, we, we ballet dancers tend to get out of shape during layoffs where for these musical theater dancers, it's, it's really a flow of like really in shape in shape for your show, but not in shape as like a whole well-rounded all, all around technique contract ends, take a short break, get back in class, know that you're going to have to start from scratch again. So I'll find a way to make that a barrierism. I guess we're just not there yet, but we will in time anyway so did you just hear my ipad go off that's because i have to bring up my notes for my outro you like how transparent i am i just there's like no wizard of oz curtain here it's just like this is how it is it is now 12 53 i wanted to do a 20 minute podcast we're currently working on 33 and a half minutes <laughs> and i still have other things to do i'm going to bed at like three o'clock tonight um but i wanted to make sure that you guys got one more episode out of me before i take a, a month-long hiatus to launch movement headquarters ballet company um if you have taken my classes i would love to know I'd love to hear from you to to see if you have anything you consider a barrierism. 
honestly, like I said, I had to think really hard about these because I don't really always know what's coming out of my mouth. Or it's not that I don't know. I know what's coming out of my mouth, but I'm not always like processing in a way where I'm thinking like, oh, I should remember this. It's really just like giving feedback in real time. Um, so yeah, if you know any of those, let me know. Um, and if you are going to be in New York, like I was saying before, if you're going to be in New York for my, for movement headquarters is, 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 <laughs> if you're going to be in town for our company debut, I would love to see you at our show. Again, you can get tickets at www.movementhqballet.org or you can go to one 877 There it is found it all right eight seven seven eight nine five three three seven eight tickets are thirty five dollars and uh let's sell out these shows i'm so excited for them to happen and i can't wait to show you everything that we've been working on all right people thank you for listening i need to go to sleep i cannot wait to talk to you at the last week of february or the first week of march so that i can share you everything uh about our company debut can't wait all right I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod of Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique, for choreography, or speaking engagements or summer intensives. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer at lifeoffreelancedancer.blogspot.com, and I wrote on there for five years about working as a freelance artist and independent contractor traveling around the country. I also have Dancing Offstage at dot wordpress.com that's dancing off stage and i wrote on there about the post-performance careers of professional dancers you can also head over to youtube if you want to check out my choreography and you can go to youtube.com go to the search panel and type in b Corollas to find my channel thanks for listening in to pot of chat i hope you return at the end of this month <laughs> usually every two weeks but at the end of this month to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene